there are a lot of founders, startup founders and employees that are coming to Europe now to looking for the expansion of their products that they have built in Ukraine or are building right now. Welcome to Mission Capital, the Invest Austria podcast. We talk with private capital investors about growing and scaling innovative companies. My name is Laura and I'm happy to welcome Alexa today at our podcast. We will talk about the Ukrainian tech ecosystem and the future roles of VCs and angels in Central Europe. Hi Alexa, nice to have you here. Do you want to introduce yourself shortly to our listeners? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, my name is Alexa. I'm originally from Ukraine and I have been building uh, my own startup for a few years. And before that, I was participating as an employee uh, in a few successful startups. Uh, now I recently became a partner in Ukrainian tech ventures. And today I'm going to be sharing information about how the Ukrainian startups are doing now, as well as how to better support and invest in them. Yeah, great to have your perspective here today at the podcast. We will start with three opening questions for today. One word about the tech ecosystem in Austria. Growing or expanding, you may choose. Sounds good. One wish for the future of the CE location. Definitely the word success would make it all. And what was the most important learning from your journey that you would like to pass on to your peers? The world we have right now is very changing and challenging. Um, just as we had COVID a few years ago uh, and war these days. And uh, as well as the challenges, we also have the benefits of how the new products and startups can evolve from crisis. So learning from crisis is the most and the biggest insight I have for, for now. Yeah, I think this is I want a really important learning. Maybe all of us and also a lot of the listenings, listeners have experienced in the past years adapting to crisis, dealing with it. Um, this will also be one of the bigger topics we will also cover during Invest Austria. But coming right to our main questions for today, as yourself are Ukrainian and you're also in the tech ecosystem in Europe since many years, we would like to get a better understanding about the recent developments and also the implications for the local startup ecosystem. So how was the Ukrainian startup ecosystem developing before the Russian invasion and what have changed until today? Um, yeah, so Ukraine is well known in the world as uh, one of the biggest hubs for startups. The reason why is because we have a great technical talent and a lot of engineering power, which is pretty affordable and accessible for global community. And there are a lot of uh, outsource companies as well as uh, uh, great technical minds that, of course, come up with their own ideas. So before the invasion uh, of, of Russia to Ukraine, we had a lot of great examples of companies like Padcube, like Macpo, uh, like Luxury, that they then became a Snapchat part that have successfully grown from Ukrainian founders. And uh, I feel like uh, uh, the ecosystem is still developing, of course, but it's been disrupted by the recent events of the war and the Russian invasion. Uh, basically, IT infrastructure 
uh, is the only um, export that Ukraine has right now. Because they can uh, export the physical products. Uh, they have a lot of challenges with logistics, but there is a lot of software engineering that is being now outsourced from the country. So I see that uh, two trends are now happening. Um, there's a lot of software and, and hardware um, expertise that are being delivered uh, via internet because there is basically no limits to a bigger companies or startups that are quite uh, uh, effectively and, and uh, actively hiring people from Ukraine. And the second trend is that they're actually relocating people from there because uh, Ukrainians have an access to uh, the, the European cities uh, for the next two years to, to settle here and to uh, have an access to uh, work in a local startups or corporate companies. And uh, there are a lot of founders, startup founders and employees that are coming to Europe now uh, to looking for the expansion of their products that they have built in Ukraine or are building right now and to adopt these products in, in Europe primarily. Of course, in the U.S. and Middle East as well, but uh, Europe is like the biggest and the closest hub. Uh, so I see cities like London, cities like Vienna, cities like Berlin and Amsterdam are the biggest hubs right now for developing this ecosystem. Uh, so I think that we should expect a real big growth and an impact of uh, Ukrainian tech talent coming to the cities uh, within the next few months. Maybe you've also experienced similar developments in Vienna as also a lot of um, Ukrainian um, developers were coming to, to Vienna and I think it's really necessary and it's also really essential that the tech talent is also located in the main hubs and can continue building products, their own products or helping other startups, other tech companies building and improving their services and products. So how from a point of view of the founders, um, as there are a lot of well-known tech founders also coming from Ukraine, for example, the founder of Revolut, Grammarly, or also WhatsApp, and also many more. Could you describe their situation? Did they relocate immediately? How did they move on with their teams? What is the situation right now? Maybe we can also go deeper into this. Sure. Uh, it's a really, really good question because I totally agree with you. And I see there's a lot of uh, founders coming, came already or coming as we speak to, to Europe and settle that themselves and their teams in here. And of course, that would dramatically affect the, the startup system of Europe. Uh, and uh, those successful startups, if, as you just mentioned, Grammarly and WhatsApp, they have, of course, relocated their teams as soon as possible when the invasion happened. So I see they have already settled and they have already uh, have their offices here and build their presence in here. But for those uh, new startups that uh, were not ready uh, and didn't have the, the budget to relocate their teams here, they basically have to start from scratch. And I have a lot of requests from those founders because I, I have a really good access and relationship with Ukrainian startup founders and the whole ecosystem. Of course, that they knew that I'm in Europe. They reached out to me a lot and asking for help and how to do that and how to relocate their not only people, but businesses uh, and, and settle 
uh, here. Uh, so I, as I became a partner in the venture fund called Ukrainian Tech Ventures, we're actually doing that help for them professionally. So we have four uh, partners in the fund that are located in different um, uh, hubs across the globe. Uh, one founder is in London, another one is in uh, is in Riyadh, um, uh, which is in Saudi Arabia. So I'm here in, in Europe and I see a lot of opportunities uh, investment opportunities and a lot of opportunities for growth uh, for Ukrainian projects here. And um, as as much as we can, we're trying to help them hands-on here with se- setting up the entity, um, building the product market fits to adopt their products here in the area, to hire local experts to help them c- grow the company, to apply to local accelerators and funds and and get connected to the local startup community and environment. This is basically what we do right now. And how is your experience on this? How did the local startup communities connect and how easy is it to to set up a business in other EU countries for Ukrainian founders? And how maybe also how smooth was the transition? I can share from my own experience because I came to Berlin two and a half years ago with my own startup, which was very challenging because I didn't have an access to this community right away. And I had uh, to do a lot of legal work to settle myself legally here in, in Germany. After the invasion, I think that uh, a lot of European countries, they give an easy access to the uh, legal services so people can actually settle down and and uh, have their uh, legal presence in the country, as well as have an access to the lawyers that can help settle uh, the entities and uh, successfully kick off their businesses here. I believe that all of the European countries, they're now very much interested to have new companies and entities uh, uh, growing and developing and, and supporting the ecosystem. So I think that uh, today the, this transition is quite smooth and due to the uh, support of the organizations uh, like, for example, in Berlin, it's called Berlin Partners. In Vienna, uh, there's a, the, the forum that we're doing, for example, that can is designed to bring people together uh, and uh, match the investors and in those projects to help them make this transition really smooth. So I think that's, I'm very much looking forward to this event in uh, Austria that we can all bring together the people that are, you know, looking for new opportunities and people that are ready to take a look and invest in Ukrainian projects. So invest um, Austria is is something that uh, can actually support the smooth transition. Yeah, I also think capital plays a really important role when setting somewhere new and also when uh, relocating the business. How was your experience with um, reaction and also um, the fastness of um, investors investing in those um, Ukrainian founders and their companies? It's a very good point that um, the capital is actually the fuel and something that is already developing can't be grown without this fuel, right? So this is something that you need to feed the company in order for it to grow. And I, so far we have done few investments and most of these investments were very much supported by the local angel investors, also the founders of um, big 
European startups that believe in in uh, Ukrainian founders, and that was pretty much easy to collect them and make uh, uh, mutual investments together with them. Besides the the capital, that's really important that they can help to grow these companies and support them with any kind of advice, uh, match them with the local clients or partners, and um, uh, support them further on with their growth. And where can investors find those opportunities or what's the best way to get in contact? So these days I see a few opportunities. First of all, these kind of events as uh, we have here in Berlin or we're now arranging it in Austria. Um, a lot of founders are actually uh, taking a look and, and monitoring all these kind of events to in search for new opportunities. Uh, and companies like uh, and funds like us we can uh, encourage them to go to a specific events that we can recommend and uh, for the matchmaking and for building their network. I see there is also an opportunity with um, local government uh, funds that are welcoming Ukrainian entrepreneurs right now. Um, here, in, here in Berlin, we have Berlin Partners. With, this is a government organization that is uh, supporting the uh, new uh, entrepreneurs here. And um, local big big local co-working spaces like Factory Berlin we have here or WeWork, which is global, also is uh, giving an access to Ukrainian founders either for free or with big discounts. So they have an access to the uh, local startup community, community, the investment community, as well as to the events, because I think that events are the indicators of uh, and the real uh, access face-to-face face, face -face meetings where you can present yourself, uh, explain what you do, and um, get more answers to the questions that a lot of Ukrainian founders have right now. So when summing up what we can all do to support Ukrainian entrepreneurs right now is access to the ecosystems, access to clients, access to, to local talent and also access to capital as the fool. Correct. I believe that all these parts have to be there as a puzzle. But as you said, capital is just a fuel to actually make it happen at the end. So it's really, really important part, uh, the last but not the least. Perfect. So a clear call to action to all investors listening to this, really looking for Ukrainian founders, looking for opportunities, visiting events and helping out to, to improve the situation and to keep these businesses growing. As you're also a co-founder of your own startup, um, please tell us also more about Moeko. Have you worked with angels or VCs in the past and what was your experience? We have um, a mix of, of um, hardware and a software in, in our product. So uh, this is a data company. So we track the cargoes across the globe and we provide the real-time monitoring of, the, of cargoes and we sell this data to logistics companies. So we, we originally started in the U.S., And um, I had pretty good access to U.S. investors about five years ago. I've been living in California, so I'm starting in, in Berkeley at Venture Capital Course. So I had an access to the to the community due to, to my experience and due to my education. And uh, we we found um, uh, an angel investors there. We kicked off with the initial investments in the U.S. But then later, as we grew and we narrowed down our product to the logistics industry, we've 
learned that there's a lot of companies here in Northern Europe that we have to work with in order to grow the company globally. So I had to move to Berlin about two and a half years ago. And of course, we wanted to get uh, some of the European investors on board for the same reason. In order to grow in the certain area, you have to have some local supports and the capital is the best uh, fuel, as we discussed already, and as well as like the smart money that are invested, for example, by angels or smaller funds can help us grow. This is exactly what happened with us. We had a London-based fund, um, TMT, that have invested in, in us as a lead investor and a few angels from the industry that helped us to build the network, get our first clients and partners in Europe and uh, as we saw that we were growing pretty fast in Europe, um, I have moved here and a part of my team have moved here uh, to grow the business. And so, yes, it's a pretty different investment environment than in the U.S. And I can say that you need to spend some time to get familiar with the European investors and to really present yourself and build a trust in order to grow your own company in Europe. That's quite challenging. Yeah, I think especially when comparing with the US dynamics, it's really a different story in Europe. But I also feel like we are also adapting more and more to the US way of doing investments. And as we have also seen a more mixed um, investment about uh, from seed VCs and also angels, and I also feel like the roles are changing more and more or also are becoming quite similar. What's your personal experience when working with VCs as you're also self-involved in a VC and when working together with angel investors? Do you see changing roles and where would you describe the advantages of both? First of all, I just want to comment real quick on the difference between the US investors and Europe. Uh, totally agree. The, the pace is different. The dynamics is totally different. And I think that in order to collaborate with the local community, you actually have to, to be here. You actually have to be present here. And you have to go to all those meetings and, and uh, describe more about the, the product, the mission. And if you do this communication with uh, angels, it very much looks like these are the people who understand why you're doing it and see the match due to their own expertise. For example, we have a lot of angels that are coming from logistics industry that can understand how our technology can be applied to the real sector to and bring the value. So they could help us to better explain the value to the clients. And that is pretty, pretty helpful. When talking to uh, funds, it's less of the uh, hands-on work. It's more of like how to scale the company, how to better uh, build the presence and, and hire people here. It's more of like growth and scalability of the business itself. With uh, angels, it's more of like a delicate work of how to approach clients, what's the best wording for the products to, to be described in that way that people would buy it. So they really do this uh, hands-on approach with guiding the uh, towards the, the core value of the product. None of the funds would help uh, the founders to come up with that, but the angels can actually take the time and sit down with you and uh, dive deeper into the product. I would uh, compare it to the example of having your own child as uh, Angel has their own projects that they invest in and having a kindergarten when you have a lot of different 
kids running around and you just need to keep them safe and and fun in order to grow their business. You know, it's just a very different scalability process. It's a very different uh, topics that we discuss. So we work with both, with angels and with the funds that have invested in us. And I understand that this is a two sides of the coin where actually we need the help with both. Yeah, I think this is especially the magic about having angels and having VC funds on board because you need the hands-on support, the industry knowledge, the access to clients. And at the same time, you maybe need the focus on growing and also having benchmarks against other companies, having um, the latest standards about go-to-market strategies and about um, yeah a lot of other things which are quite similar to a lot of software companies especially. So um, thank you for your insights and for sharing our thoughts with us. And I hope to see you soon at Invest Austria. Sure, we'll see you at Invest Austria. Really much looking forward to be there and share more and uh, to answer the very direct questions from the audience there. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Dieser Podcast wird produziert von Stefan Tesch.